Okay, everybody. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Faith Brunel, and welcome back to the Faith Brunel's Insights podcast. Today, we are joined by the lovely Natasha. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. I'm well, thank you. And I'm rearing to go to kick off season six and episode four of the Faith Brunel's Insights podcast. So, Natasha, I hand over to you briefly before I, I before I delve into the questions that I have prepared here today. So, could you introduce yourself briefly to the listeners for us, please? Of course. Hi, um, my name is Natasha Shatinde. I am a barrister at Garden Court Chambers. I'm also um, the lucky recipient of an honorary doctor of laws from Anglia Ruskin University. I am the co-founder and chair of the Black Barristers Network. I also am an elected member of the Bar Council. I sit on its Equality, Diversity and Social Mobility Committee, as well as its race working group, soon to be race panel. Um, I also sit on the EDI committee at Lincoln's Inn. I'm also an honorary, sorry, I'm also a um, associate lecturer at Goldsmiths University. Fabulous, Natasha. What a wonderful content that you have set there briefly for us. There's lots to get stuck into. Um, unfortunately, we can't get into everything due to the, the constraints of time. But I know that we are going to. I'm going to endeavour to get as much out of you as possible in terms of your wonderful uh, and your inspirational journey. So let's kick off um, the interview then with a couple of questions. The first question I want to get into is a question you haven't actually had. But as a barrister, um, can you talk to us about why you chose Garden Court Chambers and also kind of tips for aspiring barristers in choosing in choosing chambers well i actually started off a, a different chambers called fires and andrews hill i did pupillage there um and i stayed there um as a tenant um for a number of years i think my total time there was around five years and then i moved to garden court chambers um i moved to garden court chambers for a change yeah. i moved because i really wanted to be in a place where um there was more diversity in respect of its members um and yeah i find that gone court in terms of tips for aspiring barristers, um, yeah. I think for me, the bar has become very much an area where people expect uh, juniors to specialize or know what they practice areas they want to do early. Um, I think that that can be a bit dangerous because in my opinion, you only really know what really suits you and your personality when you actually start doing the work. So initially, um, before I started at the bar, when I was at university, um, I really enjoyed um, land law as a subject. Um, excuse me one second. Can we pause this? Yeah. Recording. Okay, so um, I previously um, was at a different chambers. Mm -hmm. I was at Five St Andrews Hill. I did my pupillage there and then I stayed there as a tenant for some time. I think the total amount of time I stayed there was about five years. And then I moved to Garden Court in February 2020. Um, in terms of why I wanted to change, I wanted to to move to a, a different set, um, one with more people that looked like me mm -hmm. and more diversity generally. Uh, in respect of, of tips for aspiring barristers, um, what I will say is that Chambers um, can often expect aspiring barristers to have a concrete idea of what practice area they want to be working in. Um, and I think that can sometimes be a bit unfair um, and also unwise because I think you only really know what suits you once you practice in those areas yeah. so I look back to where when I was at university I was really really interested and enjoyed um, property 
um but a landlord was like one of the most interesting areas i hated crime <laughs> those sorts of human areas i was just like no and i was also thinking to myself when i go into the bar i want to make money like real money um, yeah i know um and then i ended up going i ended up applying initially to those sorts of sets and, and not even getting and looking for interviews um and then in my third and final year of applying i applied to more mixed sets yeah um, which uh, did mixed areas and ended up at Five St. Andrews Hill. The pupillage was predominantly crime, but I also had the opportunity to do other areas like family, um, like landlord and tenant, like um, a bit of insolvency yeah. um, and a bit of um, other sort of civil areas. And um, I found from that that actually one of my skills is people. Yeah. Um working with people um speaking to people mm-hmm. um having people skills um and that made me realize that perhaps dealing with the more nitty-gritty mm-hmm. sort of areas of law that touch upon people's personal lives and their liberty and yeah. their ability to to um have and look after their children yeah uh, was something that was probably a bit more suited to me so I would say if I would give advice to uh, aspiring barristers is Mm. if you're not 100% sure on what practice area you're interested in fear not um apply to some mixed (laughs) sets and and see what actually Mm. suits you but of course in the application forms you need to show that you or demonstrate that you at least have an understanding and And knowledge areas and that makes yeah. sense, Natasha, really, because that's the importance of work experience and trying things out before you dial, you know, before you basically dive into the deep end of something. It's good to be in the shallow end and have a kind of for, you know, have a, you know, have a knowledge, have an experience of something before you make that final choice and decision. And really kind of segues into your, um, you know, your role that you mentioned in your context when you were describing, when you're talking about your roles as the chair of the Black Barristers Network. So what initiatives or strategies do you advocate to foster both diversity and inclusion um, actually in the legal profession as a whole? Um, there are some. They, they come in part from being the chair of the Black Brasses Network, but they also come um, from my work at the Bar Council. Yeah. I think before when I came up with the idea to black barriers work mm-hmm. the bar and the legal profession generally was focused a lot on gender um mm-hmm. it completely ignored race um mm-hmm. and after the death of george floyd that's yeah. when a, a focus on race came to the fore and people were started thinking shift. about ideas yeah there was a seismic shift i yeah. think it's really unfortunate that it had to be the death of someone for that to happen mm-hmm. um but we're here now yeah. um in terms of of strategies and initiatives um it's really tough to pinpoint one thing mm-hmm. um i think the main thing that's needed is um what some people might term a, a culture change mm-hmm. um to be polite um and in order to do that really that requires a lot of self learning and self reflection from everybody um we all have our biases we all have our prejudices we all stereotype um and I think that needs to be personally acknowledged by people. I mm-hmm. think it means challenging yourself. And I think it means learning a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, reading books, thinking, um, having conversations. Having ideally, not just with black people. Yeah, Having a wider perspective, of course, um, and recognizing our humanity. 
Um, training can also assist um, in respect of um, diversity and inclusion, but in particular, in regards to specific topics, I think a lot of the time people do training, which is just supposed to try and cover everything, which mm. I think there's not enough time to be able in, in any <laughs> training session to co cover all protected characteristics. Um, so when it comes to race, having specific ones, um, not just in respect of race, but also in respect of different races, because um, people will see you know Asian people differently from how they see black people from how mm. they see others if you see what I'm saying travelers mm. um for example um so I think specific training is necessary as well and I think with that <clears throat> it needs to be the participants need to be um courteous and aware mm. of the fact mm. that some of the things that they may say um, would be particularly harmful and difficult for those who are of minorities to sit in and hear um yeah. so there needs to be a lot of ground rules in respect of that training um other things for the bar in particular um would be um the monitoring of the allocation of work but when I say monitoring because a lot of people say monitoring I don't just mean just like collecting the data you need to analyze it mm -hmm. um internally you need to publish it internally as well and try and um reflect on it and create changes as and when are necessary. The thing about the bar for those who who don't know, especially the self-employed bar, mm. is that um, we don't really know enough about how people decide to instruct and also how, as in instruct barristers, and also how um, clerks sort of market us to solicitors when mm. inquiries come in for cases. Um, and that's where um, not just the monitoring, but the publicizing of that data um, is really important. Um, all teams are meant to, to monitor particularly unallocated work that comes in. So work that comes in where it's like, hi, mm -hmm. I'm looking for a barrister to cover this hearing rather than hi, I'm looking to instruct Natasha Shatunde, is she available? Right, um, yeah. More, and More broader yeah. in that respect, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so well, all teams are supposed to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, all chambers are supposed to do it, but um, for those that do, they don't always publish um, the data to all members so that they know how things are going in chambers, how mm -hmm. things are going for them as well. Um, when you deal with things in silos and just look at your own practice, you have no idea what other people, yeah. what kind of work other people are getting and what you're potentially missing out on. I think that's quite um, interesting, actually, if we can just pivot there in terms yeah. of having a look at the foundational principles, as, you know, in terms of how things are conducted. I think making people aware of that can give them a, um, a kind of broader sense of what's going on in terms of their profession and in that particular space. And it's interesting yeah. you're talking about obviously your experiences as well and looking at the strategies um, and the approaches. And it's good that you were talking about it's not just one strategy. It's about implementing these strategies in kind of, in, you know, in, in a range of different contexts with a range of different people uh, who bring different perspectives. But I just want to um, to ask you a couple more questions, really, just piggybacking off your work. But if you want to you know, feel free to finish what you were saying, and then I'll jump in with the um, with the following questions. Um, there's just a couple more things I wanted to mention briefly. Okay. Um, target setting as well. I think mm -hmm. um, chambers, I think the bar as a whole, and I think the legal profession as a whole needs to set targets um, in terms of how they want to, and the judiciary, sorry, as well, yeah. need to set targets and how they want um, things to change in respect of um diversity mm -hmm. um and uh, work towards those targets and if they don't meet those targets they need to be able to justify why um why, i think yeah. within chambers the promotion of barristers is important as well and when i say promotion i mean mm -hmm. 
who are you having on your your panels of um, mm. training or webinars or seminars um, that you're doing to solicitors? Who are you putting forward um, in that sense and highlighting and showcasing marketing? Who who are you promoting out there on social media platforms and um, via emails, those sorts of things? And then another one is often the legal directories are used as um, markers or indications of, of barristers and how good they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, they need to be um reviewed i think it, we need to look at how they work how they choose people um whether there are any biases in that as well because um there aren't that many there are not certainly not enough um barristers of color and black barristers in particular yeah, on those territories yeah. thank you natasha for your um for your honesty really and for talking about your experience and the things that really and the things that really need to happen uh, in order to in order to make the bar more diverse as well um, as a black female aspiring barrister, these changes are very, very welcoming to myself as well, just so we can have um, a wider kind of range of perspectives coming into the bar as well um, and making space for each of these perspectives. So just talking about pupillage, because you mentioned pupillage before when you were talking about your move um, away from one chamber to another. Can you share some um, some valuable tips or strategies for really, you know, for aspiring barristers? For seeking pupillage and what key advice would you offer to you know for them to navigate through this very competitive landscape oh okay so so to get pupillage i would say that you should try and mm-hmm. and there's two pieces of advice that I would give one piece of advice would be in terms of work experience or like actual paid work that you do try and get something yeah. that is as close to the role as a barrister as possible mm-hmm. um anything that involves advocacy of any form um you know um promoting the rights of others standing yeah. for something you know orally or in written form mm-hmm. I think those things are great um look at other work that you've done and, and the transferable skills that you get there and do not take into um do not um forget the fact that people skills are really important yeah at the bar um in respect and then the second piece of advice I'd give is um in particular when it comes to answering the why us why are yeah. our chambers kind of section I used to find that very difficult when I was applying um mm-hmm. what I would do now if I was to do things differently would be to um align myself with these chambers as mm-hmm. much as I can so yeah. a lot of us still do webinars for example sign up to them mm-hmm. and then go and watch them and then you can write about how amazing that webinar was and that you were really impressed by hearing Natasha Sutunday speak about child abduction or whatever it might be. Um, And and that might be, um, that's something to show that you've not only just looked at the website to see what the website says and cases that have been done, but you've actually sort of gone in and actually, you know, watched the speak, um, meet us as as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those would be, my top tips excellent Natasha that's really really good practical advice and tips about not just reading the website but actually having a practical and hands-on approach to really kind of becoming more aware of the chamber uh, before you delve in and, and before you do obviously make the application for pupillage because the bar is very competitive law as a whole is very competitive but you have to find a way to stand out so this is where my next question really kind of stems from it's about talking about the specific qualities or experiences that chambers um, typically look for in candidates during the pupillage application process um, and really if you can provide any tips on how they can really showcase any kind of a- any transferable skills they have or anything that, that they've done uh, you know up to that point that would really make them stand out as an aspiring barrister I think using this, um, the star method where possible can help so mm-hmm. um, not just sort of listing what you did you know record keeping 
diary management or whatever it was that you may have done in a specific job yeah. you can kind of if you Dream think about mm-hmm. yeah if you just have a list of the skills that you believe a barrister needs yeah. then have a look at your experiences and look at which one of those sort of demonstrates mm-hmm. those skills yeah and if you have any examples that you can specifically use that shows that you have those skills um, then write out those examples, I think would be helpful. You know, situation, task, action, results. Excellent. Um, I was going to ask you that. Possible. I was actually going to ask um, you what the acronym stood for. So I'm glad you've slotted that in there. <laughs> yeah. So that they can sort of see that, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm going on this journey with her in the story. Mm-hmm. And I can see that she um, definitely demonstrates this particular skill that you need to be a barrister. Excellent. So um, thank you, Natasha, for your honesty, for your kind of um, your insights, for your highlights about your journey as a, you know, um, for your journey as a barrister. It's been very, very interesting to hear about that. Um, and just really one final question about pupillage is talking about what are some fundamental elements that aspiring barristers often overlook or underestimate when they're actually preparing their applications for pupillage? And then are there any particular strategy that you personally employed when actually trying to navigate this competitive landscape and being successful in that endeavour? I think sometimes people forget um, there's a thing that a tendency that we have when we're writing anything really, where if you write a sentence that sounds really cool or really yeah. flowery, you kind of <laughs> hold on to it and you don't want to delete it when the word count is telling you you need to get rid of something. <laughs> yeah. um, I think you need to really think about what the reader needs to hear mm-hmm. um, rather than um, just what sounds nice on the paper mm-hmm. um, you also need to remember that barristers are the ones that are reading these applications um, we're doing it for free we're not doing it paid we're mm-hmm. doing it mm-hmm. in the middle of the night whenever we can find a bit of time so therefore we're reading them quite quickly and if they're boring um, you know they're gonna go in the bin yeah. So you need to just make sure that they are interesting and they're hitting the points in respect to the kind of qualities that you need to demonstrate as a barrister. Um, another thing is with the why the bar question as well, really think mm. about why. Um, some people have some amazing um, and sometimes devastating sort of past experiences that has yeah. made them um, want to consider a career at the bar and and to consider particular practice areas don't feel shy in respect of um, putting those in if, if you feel um, comfortable enough to include those then I think you should because it shows a real passion for the profession excellent Natasha thank you very much again for your kind of for your insights as well I have no doubt that this will definitely be very very helpful and beneficial for aspiring barristers um, and just finally how can the listeners you know how can the listeners contact you after the show is ended um I'm on LinkedIn um, if you just search for my name um, and similarly as well on Twitter I think my handle is N Shatunde. Mm-hmm. Um you can come and find me there I, I don't really use Instagram so it's it's going to be those two platforms Excellent, Natasha, no problem. I just want to make a few um, mentions about your successes. So I know that, that you are an honorary doctor, that you have an, you are an honorary doctor of laws, and I know that you are a public speaker, and I also know that you are, as we mentioned before, the chair of the Black Barristers Network and the other things that you mentioned in your content. So although, unfortunately, you don't have enough time to delve into all of them, I just I just wanted to make mention of them because it, it, because it, it would be remiss of me not to mention the successes that you've had as a barrister and really how you're really helping to inspire other, um, especially 
by embarrassers and students. So Natasha, thank you. And thank you to the listeners for coming on to the Faith Brunel's Insights podcast. I'm Faith Brunel today, and I hope that you've really enjoyed season six, episode four. And without further ado, as I always say at every episode, it's not an event, it's a journey. This is your host, Faith Brunel, and I'm signing off. Have a great week and stay productive. Bye-bye.